Hey, 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 what's up, Thrive Tribe? Hope all is well. Listen, y'all are back. Season four, baby, we kicking it off with another amazing conversation. Man, listen, if you didn't know, January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month. And if you are in the United States and even globally, like, you know, human trafficking is, in my opinion, an epidemic, right? Like, it is crazy to hear all the stories around young girls, young boys being kidnapped and trafficked all across this globe. And yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so, it, it's sad, it's disheartening. It is one of those, you know, topics that I feel like we don't talk a lot about, that we should talk a lot about. And so, for season four of this show, I want to I want to say we're going to have some conversations that are going to be very thought provoking, very eye opening, very um, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> very, you know, just have you really thinking about some things and thinking about the state of our the state of our culture, the state of our society, just like where we are, period. Right. And so on this episode, I get to introduce to you all this incredible incredible survivor, but also an incredible woman who has literally mastered the art of turning your pain into purpose and turning your pain into power. Okay. And so I met this incredible woman, um, actually on social media. Let me tell (laughs) y'all the power of social media. So me and her were, we're in a, in a similar community together And I, you know, we connected because she made this post and I was like, oh my God, I would love to have you on my show. And so I DM'd her, we had a conversation and she was like, absolutely, let's do it. And so I wanted to really kick off season four with this conversation because again, as I stated, January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month, right? And so typically, you know, in January, we like to talk goals. We like to talk all the all the easy stuff, right? But we very rarely want to talk about the things that are happening right in our back backyard, right? Like so every last one of you that are tuned into this episode knows someone who knows someone who has been impacted by human trafficking. You know, I often think about um, uh, Santoya, Santoya Brown, who was who was the young lady who was a human trafficking. Um, I don't even want to say victim because she's not a victim. She's a survivor. But I oftentimes think about um, her story and how, you know, how she was done, like how she was done in, in the, in the justice system. And so if you don't, if you don't know a little, if you don't know about Santoya Brown, um, she is a, she was convicted of murder and robbery at the age of 16. And the person that she, actually killed was the person that had kidnapped her um and was trafficking her (laughs) and so um she then you know she went on to uh do some amazing work she was sentenced to life at the age of 16 and then later she was granted clemency um by government governor bill house haslam right um, but she has gone on to do a whole bunch of work really around human trafficking survivors. And I'll, I will say this, the reason why this particular conversation is near and dear to my heart too, is because 
you know that I do a lot of, y'all know I do a lot of work in sexual assault recovery and sexual assault uh, survivors and thrivers and victims everywhere. But the 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 other reason why human trafficking is such a um, near and dark, dear to my heart too is because in the work that I do on the legislative side, we here in the state of Maryland just recently in 2023, we got the safe harbor laws passed. And so the safe harbor laws are laws that are put in place that says that if, if a survivor or victim of human trafficking is, um, commit has committed a crime such as robbery, for example, right? That they would not be held criminally or legally liable. And the reason why this is so important is because a lot of times the the crimes that are being committed by survivors of human trafficking are committed under duress, right? They're not committing these crimes because, oh, they want to commit these crimes. They're, they're being forced to commit these crimes. And so it was so, it did my heart so well last legislative session to know that we had worked so hard alongside other organizations to put these laws in place. And so I really, really wanted to have this conversation um, on this episode because I really want to shine the light on human trafficking survivors. And I want each and every one of them to know that I see you and I hear you and I'm in the fight with you as a fellow survivor of sexual trauma myself. So yeah, y'all. <laughs> so we're we going to go there. We're going to go there. So let me tell you about my girl, Pearl Noir. Let me tell you something. She is an absolutely incredible, incredible woman. She's known as the, the Black Burlesque, burlesque dancer queen okay the black burlesque queen okay and so pearl has a whole organization called healing through seduction and she really helps survivors of sexual trauma survivors of human trafficking really dance their way to healing and so she has tapped into the the therapeutic power of burlesque dancing and man when i tell you her story is incredible her journey is incredible but even what she's accomplished as a result of her own healing journey and how she's bringing it through the power of dancing to other women is incredible so y'all make sure y'all tune in get your pen your paper your favorite drink and tune into this episode and hear my girl pearl as she shares her journey on how she's learned how to dance her way to healing. Stay tuned. We'll be back. What's up, Thrive Tribe? Hope all is well. Listen, y'all, first of all, let me tell you, I'm super excited to have this woman on my show because she a native New Yorker like me. So you already know that we got this connection, right? Because y'all know y'all host is from New York and she from Brooklyn to be exact. You know, I'm just saying... I got the one, the only pearl in the building. What's going on, Queen? Hello, darling. Well, listen, before my family cuts up, I'm originally from the hood, from Oak Cliff to be exact, Dallas, Texas, but Pearl Noir was born in New Orleans and New York. So this, this goddess energy was born here, but I have to, just in case the family is listening, we want to make sure we are. <laughs> <laughs> is a Southern girl from the hood, Oak Cliff to be exact. What's up, everybody? Listen, listen, I'm glad you cleared it up because you don't barely get upset real quick. They'd be like, what really act a fool. They really, they really do. So I just had to throw that out there real quick. 
I love it. I love it. Well, we know New York is a whole melting pot, so we we still right. love you no, nothing but the same. But, but so. Pearl Noir was born up in here, New Orleans and New York. So still, you still got it right. Listen, I love it. So tell the people a little bit about yourself. Okay, y'all, let's go into all of this. So my name is Pearl Noir. I am the most famous Black burlesque performer in the world, aside from our beautiful grandmother, Miss Josephine Baker. Okay, I've trained over 5,000 people worldwide on how to heal themselves through burlesque and also most Black performers and some white have started burlesque from seeing my videos. Um, I became very famous in burlesque because I always use burlesque as a ritual. And I started using burlesque from the very beginning, not just to honor my ancestors who went through the back door so that I may go through the front, but mm -hmm. as a way to take that full autonomy back from my body after surviving so much. I am mm -hmm. also the CEO and founder of Healing Through Seduction. And listen, I'm the embodiment of you. I'm here to remind you of your medicine. Pow. Come on. Come on. I'm here for it. Listen, I'm, listen, y'all don't understand. Pearl over here giving me life. We about to have a really good conversation, okay? I can't wait. Listen, so I have this question I love to ask everybody because everybody gets a different take on it. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to be a queen that's thriving? Listen, for me personally, at 44, it really means to be a person who, oh, first of all, confirm that you can hear me and see me. I feel like I'm frozen here. Yep, I can hear you. Okay, perfect. I got nervous there. I was like, wait a minute, I don't see any movement, y'all. <laughs> oh, and thank goodness. So a queen who is thriving at 44 is one who is intentional about her healing. And mm. if black or brown, she's intentional about releasing the Jezebel shame and reclaiming the Jezebel. Yeah. And everything that we are supposed to honor from our African and indigenous powers that that we no longer maybe have the connection that we want to like I understand having the money I'm a six-figure business owner on my way to being the million dollar queen of burlesque come on lottery winners prove this until you are healing mm-hmm will not make a difference until you heal that little girl who was shamed your family will take all of those six six figure coins i know this i had to divorce my own mother until she's ready to honor my boundaries part of that being i am your daughter but i'm not your atm come on so if you are thriving you have to be conscious about your healing and understanding that healing is not a bad word. If we have to heal our body every day with food and water, we got some nerve believing we ain't supposed to thrive by healing the spirit every day. Come on. Some Come nerve. On. Say. Come on. Listen, it was the intentional about <laughs> healing for me. Because I think that healing, especially in the last few years, has become such a buzzword. Everybody wants to talk about their healing. But yeah. it's something about when you throw the intentionality and you really begin to peel back the layers and you really begin to unlearn some learned behavior and you really begin to heal that little girl in you that keeps That's running the show because she be running it. <laughs> like, sometimes I have to tell my eyes, if you don't go sit your ass down somewhere and shut up. Prove to me that you are different, you know? Right, like, seriously. Okay, remember that scene on Five Heartbeats? I got to fight every night to prove my love. She's in Yes. Fight every night. Yes. So I love that you said intentional 
Because yeah. I feel like that takes healing to a different level. It's no longer a buzzword. It's like now I'm owning oh. my healing journey. We 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 want to, if we truly love ourselves and our ancestors. Yeah. If we truly want to love them, we want to love ourselves and heal intentionally. Mm-hmm. And what I also add, we want to stop forgetting the ancestors who were sensual, who were uninhibited, who were very yes. free, are the ones whispering those dreams in our ears, the, the ones who had the big ideas. Not all of our ancestors were downtrodden. So we're also on. by acknowledging the other ancestors. Listen, because I know my ancestors like to twerk back in the day. That's where I get it from. Okay. Medicine. <laughs> it was medicine. And then it was called Jezebel. Right. Right. Come on. I love <laughs> it. I love it. So season four, God said we were going to focus on the process to the promise. I feel like we watch on social media how people show up. Yeah. But we never really hear how they got there. So talk to us about your journey on where you started and and where you are today. It's a really powerful one. And I'm really grateful because I started working with Robert Hartwell, who's a Broadway star, who's teaching people like me how to use keynotes as a way to touch people. And we had an exercise where he said, okay, let's talk about everything that has happened to you. And this was this year. Yeah never spoken about how I actually became a burlesque queen mm-hmm. I did the exercise thinking we were going to talk about my connection to Josephine Baker he was like you are so funny we're going to talk about how you went from prostitution to becoming a burlesque queen mm, wow I was like, excuse me yeah <laughs> but obviously this is the story that my people wanted me to finally tell because I had never talked about it and I even had some family members um you know accuse me of lying about it. And, you know, I want to say to any survivor who's listening, who's feeling ready, they will, there will be the people in your family have to say you're lying because if they, if they stop, then they have to say to themselves, why didn't we notice when this girl and our family was missing? Yeah. 19, I, you know, grew up in the South black home, like many of you, where it's like, as soon as you graduate, you have to leave. Yeah. I grew up taking care of myself all the time. My mom is a beautiful person, um, but she just wasn't able to, motherhood just isn't natural to her along with her self-medicating through alcohol and and, and having men that beat her. So Mm -hmm. I grew up on fending for myself. So I really felt like I had to leave. Y'all, I said, okay, well, I'm an adult. Y'all, I moved into an hotel. Okay, now, you know, the M is missing. So it's, Mm -hmm. Hotel, okay, y'all. I was like, I'm 19, I'm moving to hotel. And this was right after my graduation that no one was at. Wow. Okay, so this is it. I graduated late because I was like taking time off in school from taking care of people. And so I'm ready. Got in there, the carpet was wet and it was Smurf blue, y'all. So I called my friend. I was like, girl. I'm in an hotel with this, this Smurf carpet. And she was like, oh, come on, just come stay with me and my girlfriend. I'm like, okay, yes. Like, we're all going to live together, going to be on our own. I had the best weekend of my life, partying, uh, just having a good time, drinking, being just free, thinking yeah. that I was rescued for once. And then it was Monday. Mm. So Monday, that's when I was told by my friend that I had a pimp in a new name. Wow. 
And so they gave me this, I'll never forget it. It was like a silver dress, silver pumps. And I was forced to, to work for the night. I was forced to service three men. Wow. Never forget. And this is how you got to know when, when, if you're talking about thriving, thriving also means knowing your worth, Mm -hmm. knowing worthy in any situation, because even when I was at the last house and had to step over children who were sleeping on the floor. This man had sex with me with his wife in the bed, sleep and children, cause it was a little Mexican house. And he was like, I got all my family here, but we're gonna go to the bathroom. I was like, oh my God, 19. Wow. This is, I got, I'm getting out of here some way. I don't know how I'm gonna get out of this situation, but I am. So when we got back in the car, we were on our way back to the house. I looked up at the moon like I did when I was young. I used to sneak out of the house to talk to the moon. Mm. Ancestors, God, goddesses, who's ever out there. This isn't for me. I, I need to get out of here. And I'm, I I just, I still felt worthy to, to be held. Yeah. The next morning, this pimp came to a 19 year old, 120 pounds, double D breast and said, I had a dream that I'm supposed to let you go. Mm, come on. She said, you have a greater purpose in life and I'm supposed to let you go. Where can I wow. drive? And I've never seen that pimp or that, you know, I, you know, friend. And I'm still, you know, a lot of times when I tell the story, people are like, well, she was no friend. I was like, you know, clearly she also was manipulated. Clearly. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You don't just become pimped out because she could have left with me and I asked her to yeah well let's go together and so I escaped that got my bearings four years later I was touring all over Europe and Asia paying homage to Josephine Baker and was a household name in burlesque with my dark skin kinky hair in this white woman's world that's wow. how I, that's how I got here Wow. That's an amazing story. Like when you were telling that story, I literally was just like, I, I'm a firm believer that nothing happens by accident. Like God orchestrates all things. And it even reminded me of when I was coming out of an abusive relationship and me just like you being like, all right, God, if you can get me up out of this, yeah. I don't know how I'm going to get up out of it. I don't know what, but if you get me out of this, I this is what I'm going to do with my life as my way of honoring you and saying, thank you. And mm -hmm. I remember my abuser the very next day woke up from a drunken stupor and was like, get out. Oh, thank you. And yeah. I just knew then, like, I was like, Oh, he real. And I can, and like, my, like God is real. My ancestors, like they, like, cause that was my prayer the night before barricaded in the room and was just like, how do I get out? So mm -hmm. you can't tell me like these moments when it happens just like that, because me and you both know, especially for us women, black and brown girls, it don't happen that easy for us. It, it, it doesn't, you know, and I want to honor all the black and brown girls and women who are still trapped because, you know, our prayers were, yeah. and I do want to honor, um, I do want to honor that, you know, some people are still waiting um, in some people's are not answered. But what I will say to any listener is part of it is whatever you believe in, 
whatever energies there's the thing of didn't the, the the i almost slipped and said her name my ex-friend and i both had an opportunity to go but only yeah. one of us left yeah so there's you know there's also the thing of you know you know whatever you believe that everything happens for a reason but also i want to honor that sometimes we can be stuck mm -hmm. we are intended to when we don't uh honor the way out and I just have that on my heart I want to honor yeah yeah that's good because I do think that sometimes there are moments where the way is clear enough to be like this is the way of the escape but yeah. for whatever reasons whether it's fear of the unknown you know because I can remember being that 20 some year old girl getting out of domestic violence and being like I don't know what's about that like I don't know what's next but I knew like you were talking about that worth. Like I knew I deserve to not be trapped in this. Absolutely. And I, that I, was enough for me to be like, I'm out. Let, let's go. Yeah. 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 Thank you for I the love that. platform. I love that. So let's talk a little bit about, because so four years later, you are now touring the world, queen of burlesque. <laughs> Yes. Talk to us about the healing power of burlesque dancing. Like, what did it do for you? Let me start by saying, when I was called to go to New Orleans, I opened up. It was like my first or second day. I said, okay, I want to get a job, you know, um, as an actor or something. I always had these big dreams. And so I opened up the paper, looking at the audition section. And it said, all Black less musical seeking lead role mm -hmm. I was like oh my god I knew, I knew a little bit about burlesque and all research and that's when I really found out about Josephine Baker I found out about women who bless their hearts they have just now passed but I had the luxury of reading about people like Tony Elling mm -hmm. she was Duke Ellington's protege the song Satin Doll by Duke Ellington was wrote, that was written for her. And I met her before she passed. We had a beautiful connection, Lottie the Body. These were black women who thrived in like the forties to sixties doing burlesque, just as popular as the white women. But you know, erasure is real. You know, you don't know, yeah. people don't know that black women have been thriving in burlesque the entire history. And yeah. then I want to say what made the musical so beautiful was because we all love a show called In Living Color. Mm -hmm. called I Love Lucy. Those are burlesque shows, everybody. So burlesque, first and foremost, I have to say, is one of the oldest art forms of theater. And theater is all about storytelling. So yeah. anytime you're in control of the narrative, how healing is that when you've never had an opportunity? So that's the first way burlesque is healing. Right. And so I went into this audition, got this role and was doing the striptease part. And I said, oh, my goodness, I have full autonomy over my body for the first time. No one is going to see it without mm -hmm. my consent. Yeah. So our survivor, that's how burlesque can help you if it's for you. You know, what I do is not in my perspective of burlesque is not going to be for everybody. Yeah. And I recommend that you, you know, incorporate my teachings with your traditional or non-traditional therapist and mm -hmm. your team want to put that out there okay let's just make sure we're responsible here what i tell you <laughs> also if you're hearing a bell i find that i always hear a bell or something explodes in my house 
when the spirit is really moving. So I'm actually not that. So I did this play. We performed in New York at the Fringe, Mm -hmm. went to Montreal. And I said, okay, but I meant to, I meant to pay homage to Josephine Baker for the rest of my life. This is my calling. I'm going to honor her memory. And so then I saw another audition for the show called uh, Bust Out Burlesque at the famous House of Blues in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. Went to that audition, was the only Black woman there except for this tall, statuesque Black woman giving us Diane Carroll tees. Oh, wow. That that's the choreographer. And so, you know, I had to like do a middle split. I, I just, I had to, <laughs> I was, well, let me stretch. And, and so I saw her looking at me and I was like, yes, if this black woman likes me, I'm getting in. Cause I could see the, the white man who's in charge. He was like, she doesn't have the look. And yeah. like, for, for all, and it's not a prejudice thing. I grew up with black people telling me I didn't have the right look. So it's just something, but I was the one, I just need that one person. So long story short, I got the job, went into the first rehearsal dressed as Josephine already and, and said, I'm going to will that she tells me that I'm going to pay homage to Josephine. I knew I had the strength to put on a banana skirt Mm -hmm. and I said, and she's going to call me what they call Josephine Baker, which was Pearl Noir. And she was like, let's call her Pearl Noir. So burlesque became the catalyst of my healing because I was controlling the narrative for the first yes. time. And nothing happened to my body unless I said so. So I hope I answered that question for yeah, you. Yeah, that's amazing. And I, and I literally love that you mentioned having control over your body. Yes. Because you know, like I know as survivors, like that's the part that we struggle with. Yes. Like is that reconnection of body, like reconnecting with our bodies after sexual trauma. So I love that you got into a, a art form that was not only healing and empowering, but you realize like I got control over here. It's and- nobody else controlling me. And might I add as I've gotten older and more in tuned, I would I found out I was like yes. And for those of us who are black or indigenous who are also looking for a way to connect with our ancestors, you would probably love to do it. Now again, I want to the listener: all burlesque is not created equal. I repeat, all burlesque. <laughs> this is this is what you're gonna have with me, okay? And like some of my burlesque daughters, but how fitting is it? to then also reconnect because I grew up being called the fast tail girl, even though I was not doing anything, but it was because I always had double D's like at 11. I always had grown men looking at me cousin Mm -hmm. and it was not their fault. I was the wrong and the wrong, but I knew even young that no, this is my power and y'all are the ones who are out of touch. So how healing also in spiritual that my ancestors would then have me being an art form where I'm topless in dancing which is the very thing that was taken. Like if we look at any documentaries on African or indigenous, every ceremony is linked to movement. Mm-hmm. Usually without clothes. Yeah. I just wanted to put, I had to put that out there. I, I love that. I, I love that. So before we get into the inspiration behind your company, I want to talk a little bit about the reconnecting of our bodies. So for somebody that's listening, who's like, 
I don't even know where to start reconnecting with my body after trauma. Like, what would you say are your top three tips for that okay. person? Yes, and thank you. The first thing we want to think about is learning the art of self-consent. Mm. So traumatizing ourselves because we are still longing for partnerships or it's been ingrained in us that we should have a partner. So we're not even allowing ourselves to heal. And so we want to learn the art of self-consent. And that can be done by something beautiful. One of the ways I start all of my sessions is letting people do a body scan, essentially. Mm-hmm. And kind of rubbing your hands together until they get hot. And just kind of hovering from the, the crown all the way to your feet and feeling your own vibration. And then yeah. if you're comfortable actually touching with like the back of your hand, your fingertips and seeing exactly where you feel safe touching yourself. Yeah. Even saying out loud, oh no, that doesn't feel good. So then you're doing the consent, but then you're also practicing what I call honoring your boundaries in real time. So when mm-hmm. you honor your boundaries consistently with your own body, not only will it trust help you trust your intuition, but it'll help you guide your partners. So yeah. you'll know exactly when something doesn't feel good and you'll be okay saying that to the other person because you've gotten used to saying it to yourself. Yeah. Start that intimacy with self-consent, checking out the body, making sure the body is actually ready because especially if we're talking about uh, being physically in- intimate with someone, being uh, hard or wet is not saying I'm ready for sex. It's just the body functioning. Yeah. Right? the same way that we can overeat even when we're full the body will just whatever we say to do whatever the mind says the body will do so when you get habit of starting your day before you get on that phone before you check in with your boss before you check in with your children i don't care if they're knocking on the door teach them what boundaries are yeah 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 stand to respect yours but no when theirs aren't being respected yeah sooner so quicker. That's the goal. And the other tip is anytime you stop intimacy with yourself or a partner, okay, let's say you got to get something to drink. You've stopped. Now you have to do it again. Do it again. So it's consistent checking in with the body, consistent mm-hmm. practicing honoring your boundaries with self. Then two, a quick one is placing the hand near the heart, Mm -hmm. the eyes, having an intimate conversation with that heartbeat, letting that heartbeat be that beautiful romantic poetry. That is proof that you're still here and that you can make some other decisions if you want to change something. Yeah. Right? The last one that I like to encourage people to do is to release the shame from their desires Mm-hmm. And that's connected to that throat chakra. So get in the habit of moaning out loud. And that's that exercise trips people up every time. And I have to remind people, what I'm asking you to do is to connect and not be performative. I know you know how to moan with an audience around. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, well, you know, what if the people hear me? You don't say that when you're thinking about giving someone else an orgasm. Yeah, that's true. Want- be intimate without the pressure of giving or receiving an orgasm. I want you to come home to your body 
And so we want to learn how to connect with our desires. And we can practice that with our the sound of our voice. And that's a beautiful way to practice intimacy. So when we want to heal as survivors, the genital area is not the only area that 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 represents intimacy. Yes. Yes. I'm so glad you said that because I think that's always the misconception. And I love that you start with self-consent because I didn't, I wouldn't even thought of that. So you just taught me something new of just the importance of just really checking in with your body. You know, I always tell people one of my favorite books when I was a therapist was your body keeps the score, you know, and it talks so heavily about trauma being stored in our bodies and how even when you think you've moved on, your body still recognizes, it still feels, it still tenses, it still does all of those things. So I love that you're teaching women how to do that in, in such a sensual way. It's it's probably weird at first because I know it would be for me, but uh, yeah, I love that. Cricket, you know, and I'm seeing people very naked. I'm seeing you more naked than your husband ever, ever will. That's the truth. Yeah. Uh, I, I, the reason why it's more naked and more intimate is because I don't want to have sex with you. And that's what makes it more intense and intimidating for you because for the first time and not in a negative way to the people that love us, but I don't want anything from you. I don't want love from you. I don't want support. I don't want an orgasm. I'm just gazing in your eyes and, and giving you an energetic orgasm by hovering my hand over you. And now you don't know what to do with this sensation. Yeah. Thing two, what I teach is the, if the body can hold trauma, it can hold joy as well. Mm, come on. That's so good. It's almost like you're, you're kind of reversing the programming in a sense with the work that you're doing because you're helping women mainly us black and brown girls understand that we hold the power and it's more than our hips it's more than our curves it's more than our vagina it's <laughs> us as a as the totality of us and I love that because I feel like for survivors that's always what's missing is how do I reconnect with her mm -hmm. you know and not be so focused on oh I'm a curvy woman because I tell people all the time it, it was a struggle to be a uh, to embrace being a curvy woman for a very long time as a survivor because yeah. all I could equate was my trauma to that so it was like ah I don't want to I don't want to put on a cute dress I don't want to do all these things and with your work you're like helping to reprogram that and reprogram the way we see that so now I can love my body I can embrace my body you know, and I can still be sexy and sensual and all of those things and it not have to be connected to my trauma. So I love the work you're doing, girl. Thank you, Sugar. And, you know, it's uh, one of the survivors who worked with me. She said what she really loved was that it was helping her reconnect to seduction. Because, again, yeah. we, depending on who raised us, if we had the audacity to tell, because I was a child who told every time, and I was always told, boys will be boys. Well, were your hands on your hip? Well, what were you doing? Yep. From loved ones. But everyone's doing what, they, what they've what they been taught. So you, we also wanna shift the connection to seduction and understand 
that there's nothing evil about seduction. And so when I'm saying heal through seduction, what I'm really saying is give yourself the safety and sanctuary that you seek in others, because that is what happens when we are seduced. Yes, we talk about, oh, look, he got the good car, he look good, look at those abs, she look good, look at that booty, look at those hips. But really, when people are starting to talk about falling, they always say the same thing. I just feel like I can be myself with this person. Mm -hmm. Meaning you're not yourself. There's, there's, that might be a signal that just to make sure you don't get in trouble emotionally, let's just make sure we're not using that person as an emotional surrogate. Oh, come on. That is so good. That is so, you know, when you said that, that reminds me of uh, one of my sexologist friends, Dr. Uh, Brittany Vada Smith, shout out to her. She yeah. always says, and she was like, when women talk to her about intimacy or they'd be like, oh, I'm just horny. She'd be like, do you want him inside you or beside you? Because there's two different things. Oh, totally different sensations. And outcome, <laughs> Listen, and so when you said that, that's immediate. I was like, because when she said it, I was like, ah, that's a good one. Oh, some of us really were born here to do this beautiful work. Shout out to everyone who's doing it. Listen, listen. Well, you brought up healing through seduction, so we got to talk about it. Talk to us about this company, girl. <laughs> so in healing through seduction. Here is the tea, y'all. So I have a membership program, um, but people usually take a long time to get there because everyone's nervous to heal. And, you know, I got three words in my company name that all of us run from healing, mm -hmm. getting through, mm -hmm. production. So everybody's afraid. So I love to start people with one of my burlesque intensives or my three-day, you know, ceremony where I invite a private chef in. We do like, you know, what I call sensual Reiki. Reiki is the closest thing where I can connect to what I might be doing, but I know it's not that. I just know it's something from my tribe that I have no, yeah. I, I just don't know what to name it. And so in healing through seduction, I usually start out with like some energy work, bringing in the sensual ancestors, asking for the sensual energy to come into the room, making that eye contact with everyone with their cameras off. I love that. I love making everyone turn their cam cameras off. I want to make sure you're not going to perform. And yeah. then I burlesque inspired ritual or a self-seduction ritual. So that might look like, you know, again, starting with the self-consent and, you know, now we're going to see which sensations feel good on our body when we blow on our body. So we're going to bring in all of the elements. We're going to blow mm. air. We're going to dip our hand into water and let the water speak to our body. You know, I'm like, okay. And as the water is hitting your arm, ask the water, what do you want me to know about myself? And for mm. a lot of people, when we go into this kind of movement meditation, things come up, you know, and, and now maybe we're going to look at a candle burning and we're going to mirror the movements of the, of the flame. Yeah. And how maybe we're going to dance barefoot in our house to like just really connect to everything. And now maybe we're going to pretend that our finger is a magic wand or a pen and we're going to write a love note on our body because the body can also store joy. Yeah. And then I'll teach a burlesque routine, you know, one that's good for all levels. And then invite everyone to then strip 
as they do the routine. And each layer of clothing is an invitation to release what no longer serves us or what serves us and we've been hiding from. Wow, that's powerful. Thank you. That is so powerful. I think it's something about really being able to embrace and look at yourself in the nude. And I'll tell you, 2023 was the year I was able to do that because because of my trauma, because of things I've been, like I used to not like looking at that girl in the mirror. And I'll tell you the song that got me to embrace that was Mary J. Blige's Good Morning Gorgeous. It literally became my theme song. And I literally would wake up every morning in all of my glory and stand in front of my full length mirror and just sing the song out loud. And that's the moment that I knew that I was really back to reconnecting with my body because prior to, I was like, uh-uh, I don't wanna, mm-mm, I don't wanna look at that. Cause that's- all it did was remind me of the past. That's what I would call finding your inner sanctuary. Yes. And now I embrace it. Like I'm, a, I'm, a, I will walk around in all my glory now. <laughs> in my in-person classes and in the online classes, I'll let people see themselves in the mirror for a moment. And then I cover it up with the curtain so that we are forced to feel. So burlesque is not about taking your clothes off. It's about what you can feel. And as survivors, I I cover the mirror to uh, ensure there's no judgment, but Mm -hmm. you want to reconnect to what you can feel. And so I think not only was it that you could see yourself, but you can feel yourself. And there's something about us reconnecting to what we feel, having pleasure be redefined for us. Yes. Oh, I love it. So I got to ask you, because you know, I did some digging, girl. And on your website, you talk about goddess power. What does that mean to you? Yes, yes. So goddess power is everything that you got whippings for. The, Mm. the, 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 The beautiful family members doing what they were taught. It's It's about reclaiming the Jezebel trope, understanding that that was only created to manipulate that was only created to justify harm there 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 is no jezebel that's the goddess energy if we look at any kind of goddesses from african indian cultures you know these these powerful deities represent all the emotions they represent glamour they represent feminine energy masculine energy and so for me that's the goddess energy reclaiming the jezebel trope for yourself understanding that you're your body, your thoughts, because the Jezebel energy is not just about, you know, a hoe energy or this is yeah, what the, yeah. these were these these were women who spoke back, who talked back, right? Mm-hmm. So it's 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 unlocking that throat chakra. It's it's releasing the lies. That's yes. what I, energy and power is for me. Growing up, I always knew the adults were wrong. I knew then that my feminine energy, you know, I got in trouble for crying. Yeah. I was the only one who said, I love you. Very, mm-hmm. you know, that's your goddess energy, not being afraid to be a beautiful imperfection, not being afraid of your tears, knowing that they're going to activate something, knowing that your tears will become rainbows, knowing that being sexual and sensual is something that is so natural. Even animals and plants do it. Even yes. The- the air does it there's there's this beautiful connection and then the last thing i would say about goddess power is not being afraid of the protection so i always think about 
you know, you know, what I believe to be true. I think about goddesses are real for me. And mm -hmm. I think the sun is evidence. And I think the sun is the most brilliant living goddess hiding in plain sight. The sun mm -hmm. is the only thing man has never been able to touch. Yeah. So understands how to give, how to nurture while also honoring the different cycles and being okay that it doesn't want to be touched. So also any survivor living, you might be the sun right now. Maybe you want some intimate connections that have nothing to do with touch. And that doesn't mean that you are not powerful and living your mm -hmm. best life. That is, that's what goddess power is for me. I love that because as you were saying it, the thing that I've been saying lately is that I'm in a season of embracing the totality of who I am. And I feel like goddess power is that for me is embracing the totality of who I am and being okay with knowing that I have some scars, but the scars have been redefined. Like they're not who I am. They're just a part of the journey. And I love that that's what you're bringing to the work that you do. And I know that so many survivors can benefit from that because that is where a lot of them stay stuck. It's like, I want to move forward. I want to have a healthy relationship. I want to do these things, but how do I do it? And it really does start with self because when you can give it to you and you can love you, you know, I tell all my girlfriends before I was in a relationship, I was like, man, I set the standard with myself. I dated me. So then when he came along, it was like, yeah, this is the bar I'm at. <laughs> it's my standard. This is what I expect. This is what I do. So you either got to come to that standard or, or, or go above it. But if not, I got to let you go. And, and that's okay. But I learned that because I took time to heal and be intentional, like you were saying, and reconnect. So kudos to you, girl, because you're doing some amazing work. Thanks to you. And, you know, I want to I wanna just touch on what you talked about, taking the time to heal. I just want to say this as a service announcement. When we think about healing, y'all, it's going to be ongoing. So the same yeah. way you have to eat and drink water several times a day, you know, don't think that you haven't healed or you're not healing if you're triggered during an intimate moment after you've yeah. been going for some years, because that, that gets people stuck too. It's like, mm -hmm. I'm ready until I no longer think about X, Y, and Z. No, you got to treat it the way the, we treat the body. We do not judge when it's time to eat again. We love to eat. So we want to learn how to love to keep nurturing ourselves when the memories come back, when we feel yeah. it, it's about learning how to nurture that part of you. And that's going to help you with the healing journey. Yeah. I love that you say that because I always tell people there's levels to healing. Like mm -hmm. just when you think <laughs> you've healed, like here comes the next level. And it's usually a, it goes deeper, you know, and you start to realize, oh, wait, I got to unpack that part too. So I, I love that. So 2024, Pearl, what you got coming up, girl? Because I know you're working on some stuff. I am. So for 2024, I am working on my big goal is to have a beautiful healing through seduction slash burlesque convention. Yes. I, you know, many like retreats with my members, very intimate, but I want to see like, 500 I want to rent out a big mansion and see all of us just there returning to glamour 
you know, returning to our bodies, spending this time. I want to pamper everyone with a private chef. I'm very Southern. So my love language is definitely food. And, and that's one of the big projects. And I really, really want to spend time building up my membership. I had it as a private thing until my coach Robert was like, this is this is supposed to be a big, big thing. This is supposed to be a big thing for burlesque. I have some other projects that I cannot speak about. Okay. Uh, I have some other things that I've signed a contract and I cannot speak just yet. But what I plan on doing is really showing more and more people exactly how to heal through burlesque. Yeah. That is my ultimate goal. Listen, I love it. I honestly honor you for the work that you are doing. It. I feel like because I'm always in a lot of spaces with survivors and I hear what we say and I hear how much healing is so important for them, but there's not enough spaces for us to do it. And you have created such a unique space to help women like us do it. So I'm just honored to know you, girl. Like this has just been an amazing conversation and you have definitely brought some stuff up for me. And I'm like, man, I'm even proud of my own journey. Cause I'm like, girl, you did that. You came. You yeah. came through some things. <laughs> so I love it. So before I let you go, you got to tell the people how they can connect with you. I always send people to my Instagram first. I of course have a website, but I feel like on the Instagram, it's easier to message me if you have any questions. I usually, you know, the other thing I'm thinking about for 2024 is being even more visible because that part of the problem of why I think people don't know about me, because I've been doing my healing through seduction for all about 10 years, but I was not talking about it as much. That's on me. And now I'm committed to talking about it. And so, you know, anyone else who's listening, yes, talk about your calling, regardless of what's going on in the world. Because unfortunately, evil has a better press agent than light. Hmm. So there will always be something on the news that, we, you know, that's awful. But that's when we have to come out even more talking about what we have to offer. So when you're on my Instagram page, you'll see my, you'll see like my tips. You'll see examples of my rituals. And then you can connect with me. And I, I want to send people there. So it's T-H-E. P-E-R-L-E-N-O-I-R-E, the Pearl Noir on the gram. If you are a website type of person, you can also see my keynote on my homepage where I talk about what happened. Um, and that is blackburlesqueen.com. Okay. Cause she's a marketing genius. I want to make sure I never forgotten. Okay. So if you okay. type burlesque queen, black burlesque, chances are high and popping up forever. Okay. Well, listen, y'all. Y'all make sure to connect with this beautiful queen because she's doing an amazing work. And if you are a survivor and you really want to reconnect with your body, listen, y'all heard it from the queen herself, okay? Definitely connect with her. She's got amazing things coming up in 2024. You got to keep me posted about this convention because I might have to pull up, okay? I'm trying to get this going. Okay. So, Pearl, thank you so much, queen, for coming through the Hey Queen Thrive. You, thank you so much again for the work you're doing. I'm really, really grateful. Thank you for letting me be here. Shout out to my girl, Pearl, for coming through the Hey Queen Thrive. Listen, y'all make sure y'all connect with this amazing queen, man. I told y'all, she has a powerful, powerful story, man. Like, when I had the opportunity to just hear a glimpse of her story, I was like, wow, 
<laughs> wow. Like to go from the journey of being a survivor and getting, you know, forced into prostitution and now taking that same trauma and cultivating a space where other women who are in that same place, same struggle, can now heal through the power of dancing. Woo! Listen, y'all make sure y'all follow the black, the black burlesque. I don't know why I want to say burlesque. The black burlesque queen, honey. Y'all make sure y'all follow her. All her links will be in the description of this episode. So definitely make sure y'all follow her on IG. Check out the website. Shoot her an email. Let her know that you really appreciated her story on season four, baby. A Hey Queen Thrive. So y'all already know what time it is. It's what? Thriving Nuggets time. So let's get in to it. All right. So because this focus of this episode was all about healing and really reconnecting with your body again after sexual trauma, I really wanted this episode's Thriving Nuggets to be my top seven ways to really begin to reconnect with your body after sexual trauma. And so we're going to get into it. All right. So the first way is to practice some mindful breathing, right? So oftentimes we know that we breathe in and out, right? But mindful breathing is really that intentional breathing. It's it's really when you put yourself in a position to kind of slow down, <laughs> right? Pay attention to your breaths, you know, take three three, you know, inhale three times, exhale three times, but be really intentional about it, right? Mindful breathing really helps you to begin to like, um, get, get still and to kind of slow your body down and slow your mind down and, and really start to focus. And so one of the ways that you can begin to really start to reconnect with your body is through some mindful breathing. Number two, Gentle movement. So gentle movement as a way of reconnecting with your body is a little bit like practicing uh, things like yoga or stretching, something that's gentle, right? Something that will help you to kind of find that happy medium or that safe space within your body, right? So start doing gentle movement, start doing little things that can really help you get centered again, really help you reconnect again, really begin to help you tap into that intimate space um, when it comes to your body. Number three, self-compassion. Self-compassion is such a big one because I think oftentimes, and I've been guilty of it myself as a, as a thriver of sexual trauma, right? Is that oftentimes um, we blame ourselves, right? It's, it's, we spend a lot of time being like, how could you be so stupid? Why did you allow this to happen? You know, the guilt, the shame, the negative talk, all of that. And so self-compassion really helps you to step out of that space and really step into a place of having empathy for yourself, you know, forgiving yourself, recognizing like you did what you could do in that moment. And so I highly recommend that you spend some time really cultivating some self-compassion, give yourself some grace, give yourself permission to be gentle and kind to yourself, especially after experiencing a sexual trauma. Because again, it's so easy to kind of beat yourself up, but you don't want to focus on what, what what you didn't do. You want to start to focus on the healing aspect of it, okay? Number four, professional support. 
I highly recommend it. Like everybody that goes through or experiences stuff like how I have, or even my girl Pearl has, right? You want to spend some time really seeking out some professional support, you know, whether that's a therapist, whether that's a coach, someone that's highly trained in dealing with trauma, sexual trauma, you know, uh, human trafficking, prostitution, things like that. Like you want to spend some time really um, connecting and getting that support, whether that's a support group, whether that's um, individual therapy. You know, I tell y'all, I went through therapy. Hell, I still go to therapy, right? <laughs> like I was in therapy for my sexual trauma. I was in therapy behind my grief and loss when Joseph died. Then I, you know, I recently started going back to therapy because again, as you go through life, you, you know, there's things you have to continue to unpack. So don't ever be afraid to get you some professional support. Okay. Don't do it alone. Number five, boundaries. Boundaries is a big one when you want to reconnect with your body, especially physical boundaries, right? So for a lot of survivors and thrivers and even victims of sexual trauma, right? Physical touch could be rough, right? You don't want to be, so it's going to be important that you set boundaries around what what you want, what you don't want, right? What kind of touch you like, what kind of touch you don't like. If Is it okay for people to hug you if it's not okay for people to hug you, right? Like you want to set those boundaries and you want to stand firm on your boundaries, not only physical boundaries, but even emotional boundaries. Like don't ever feel like you have to talk about it. If you don't want to talk about it, don't talk about it, right? Like, so you got to be mindful of how you take care of you after you've experienced this type of trauma. <laughs> so definitely put those boundaries in place. Number six, probably one of my favorites, journaling. I highly recommend that you journal, spend some time writing out how you feel. Cause here's the power in journaling and writing in general. It, it brings about a release, right? A lot of times the reason why we're not getting the, the help that we are are looking for, the support we're looking for, is because a lot of times we don't even know what we're looking for. And so when you journal how you feel, journaling really opens up your mind, your heart, your spirit, right? To really not only receive, but also be able to process like, what is it that I really need right now, right? So definitely spend some time journaling, get you a, your, you know, a notebook that is specific for your thoughts and just journal through this process. And then the last one that I have for you is body positivity. Listen, one of the things that I struggled with when I was healing from my sexual trauma was body positivity, right? I was struggling with not only reconnecting with my body, but also the way I looked at my body, the way I felt about my body, all of that, right? And so I had to spend some time really falling back in love with my body so much so that like now your girl can stand in front of a full length mirror in all her nakedness, you know, and sing uh, <laughs> Good Morning Gorgeous by by uh, my girl MJB, Mary J. Blige, all loud and boisterous, right? <laughs> because I've cultivated some body positivity. So definitely make sure that you are cultivating some body positivity as well, all right? 
So that is what I got for you guys on this episode's Thriver Nuggets. Listen, thank you again. Shout out to you, my girl, Queen Pearl. Y'all definitely make sure y'all follow her, get connected with her. And definitely check out some of the stuff she got coming up because my girl's doing big things in 2024. So I love you, Queen. Thank you so much for coming through and kicking with me at Hey Queen Thrive. And so y'all, this concludes another episode of Hey Queen Thrive. Tune in again next week for another Power Pack get episode with another Power Pack guest. I love each and every one of you. Talk to you soon. Peace.